are going to receive from another church in this house. You've heard from her before, but you're going to receive from her today. I want to tell you, I have more than full confidence in her. I can tell you that as she comes and she brings the word, I hope that there's some level of anxiety, some level of nervousness. Because when that is present, as Archie was saying this morning, when that is present, it keeps us aware that this isn't about us. This is about what he's called us to do. So it is with, a joy, with joy in my heart and it is with honor today that I ask you to stand with me, put your hands together, and let's receive the one who is coming in the name of the Lord to bring us the word today. Would you please this morning receive Vanessa Batista as she comes? There's a lot of anxiety present. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. I just got to say something real quick. If you see me on my phone, it's because I'm using the app thing, reading, following along in the scripture. I'm not texting anybody. I'm following along, just so you know. Good morning, Rock of Central Florida. hard to type when your fingers are trembling. <laughs> so one of the most exciting things about being a part of the Rock of Central Florida is this for me. We are not in survival mode. We're not preaching about survival mode. We're past that, right? And another thing is that we're not in maintaining mode. So we're not, it's, it's good to be constant, but you know, not to be stagnant. You know, we're actually in a place where um, it's a selfless place, you know, out of the me. And we learned that from Kim, you know, just away from the me. And people are pouring into us life so that we can pour life into others. And I just love that. So last week, you know, we started a series called The Temple Fit for a King, or as you referred to, um, we're being fitted for a temple. And Steve um, spoke about being custom made. I loved that because I know I'm different, you know, and I've seen it in a bad way sometimes. You know, I've seen it like I'm a misfit as as opposed to I'm different on purpose. So, um, but I really hope you revisit it. If you haven't seen that last teaching, you need to see it because it is life. Um, But just for a recap of last week, um, we declared that we are the temple of God and that we were custom made. And I love that we declared that because that is the first step all the time. We need to realize that we're not the same. We're not, we don't um, shun anybody who's not like us, but we're not the same. We're different. And no one is like me, no one is like you. Um, We were also reminded the details of the temple in relationship with he who dwells in this temple. So, and for each of us, again, it looks very different. Um, We also don't maintain a temple that is fit for a king by just allowing anything to come into it. That was also something that, you know, we learned last week. To add to that, we also do not maintain a temple by picking up things along the way that we shouldn't. 
Because not only do things just come into our life, sometimes we have a habit of taking ownership of things that don't belong there. But we sure don't maintain a temple fit for a king by walking around with baggage. And that's kind of what I'm talking about today. In our temple, there's no room for baggage. So do, um, I'm going to have us turn really quick to Luke 10.4. It's a really short verse, um, but there's so much life in that. It says, do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. The Lord appointed 72 men to go two by two ahead of Jesus. These were 72 custom-made men with a different story, with different backgrounds, and with probably some different baggage, right? And they needed nothing. He didn't want them to go with anything. They were covered. And the urgency to their assignment was so much so. So they just, they had an assignment. They needed to get there. They didn't even want them to say, hey, you know, if they pass somebody. They just wanted them to get where they needed to get. No baggage necessary. I also want us to turn to Mark 6.8. And in uh, Mark 6.8, it says, these were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except the staff of justice, right? (laughs) Um, No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. In Mark, these were 12 people, two by two sent, so one could be a strength to the other, right? And they were uh, sent ahead of Jesus to preach. Again, they were urged to take nothing. They were urged to take nothing. Twelve custom-made people, 12 different stories, 12 different types of baggage, some more than others, um, But still, they had authority over all evil spirits because it says that a little bit ahead. So even though they had nothing, they still had authority. And he knew who was being sent and that within them, they had the tools that they needed regardless of who they were, where they came from, what baggage they had. He knew who he was sending. And, you know, I started thinking about that a little bit and I said, So what did they have? How did they eat? Because those are the questions that we ask ourselves. What do you mean we don't have anything? What do do you mean we don't take anything? We need this or we need that. The currency of heaven is enough, right? The currency of heaven is enough. And, And that's why the Father could send people out like that. But when Holy Spirit started showing me about baggage, some personal things started popping up. But it wasn't... It was like I was able to identify baggage that I'd had. It wasn't like a, oh, you have this baggage and you have that baggage. It wasn't really that. It was like a, you've had some baggage, like some serious, nasty, mucky, sticky, all of that baggage, you know? And it was some deep things, you know? But I didn't feel sad over that stuff you know a lot of times we think of our baggage and we cry all over again and and it's okay to do that but I didn't wallow in that so um and the evidence of being in the right place at the right time to show everything that I've been through and share it with somebody else is more important than the feeling of that kind of coming back up so what kind of baggage are you toting around 
Um, my kids probably think that's funny because I live in Lake County now and we, I got kind of like a little country twang now, you know? <laughs> I used to be from Brooklyn. But um, so yeah, so what baggage are you toting around? Um, spiritual baggage, uh, relational baggage, so relationships, you know, issues that you've had in relationships, abuse baggage, uh, self-image baggage, I, I had a lot of that. I think I just didn't know who I was. Enemy wants to attack that. He wants to attack your identity. So, you know, he lets you, he tells you that you're things that you're not. And um, addiction baggage, uh, inherited baggage. I believe that a lot of times our parents, it's like it was her problem. Now it's my problem. We see that in poverty. We see that all over the world right now. You know, we see that with race relations. Hey, you know, you're, you know, you felt this way about that and I should feel about that because it's inherited. Um, also baggage you picked up, like I mentioned before, um, also shared baggage. And I think that one's funny because have you ever had a friend that, that shares all their baggage and then they forget about it and you're still thinking about it. It happens to me all the time. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope she paid that bill. She didn't even care, you know? Um, I just feel like it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting what we grab onto. But, um, and I also know people that call you, don't even ask how you're doing, dump the baggage on your, on your lap, and then they just disappear. Um, maybe I need to reevaluate my friends. But um, I was thinking, I kind of wish I was a stewardess. You know, your emotional baggage exceeds my carry-on limits. Please check your bag over there, you know? That's the way I feel. Um, but baggage can weigh us down. I felt it. I think we've all felt it. Uh, Steve said it perfectly last week. And you said that we needed to be careful what we allow into our temple. Okay? We need to be good gatekeepers, right? And especially if we haven't dealt with the things that are already in there. So... Um, I'm going to use an example. Chino, I always use you with your permission. Um, but um, I'm going to let you know how, how kind of we started. And Chino and I, we both experienced a lot of physical abuse between our parents. So we both experienced that. At about the age of five, we both, both of our fathers left. Same age, just about. Um, our teenager, teenage years were filled with a lot of identity issues. We were kind of finding ourselves. Chino thought he was a gangster. I thought, um, I, I think I dealt with a lot of depression. So there were some suicide attempts, things that nobody knew was going on. My mom would, would never think that. But, you know, there were some things going on. And then our first marriages started out, or we both got married because we were having a baby. So you know, right away, we, we were kind of like dumped into something that wasn't necessarily purposed for us. So, and then the worst part, our partners both had lots of baggage. So now I have my baggage and I have their baggage and it's just a dumpster, right? So anyways, we both get divorced and we meet. And Chino was like head over heels for me. Yeah. Me, not so much, you know. <laughs> I just thought he was too good to be true. He was really, really nice. I tell my kids the story all the time. It's like he walks into the gym. He had the hearts in his eyes. And I was like, 
you know, that kind of thing. But anyways, um, you know, we, I liked him because he called me over and over again and never picked up. And one day he leaves me this message and he says, Vanessa, I really like you. But if you don't call me or you don't pick up, like I'm like pretty much he's telling me I'm done. He's like, let me know, you know, what the deal is. If not, let me move on. Yeah. I love that. I called him right away. And we had a date. <laughs> we, we had an amazing date. And he was super smart because he got like my favorite thing to eat and then my lap, my ugh thing to eat. And I eat everything. But the one thing I don't eat, he got. So anyways, we never left each other's side. But our, our, our relationship at that time took a really huge turn. One day, and we went to church. We were going to Faith Assembly at the time. And, you know, I'm over here like, oh, my gosh, God, and, and all this stuff. And Chino would always be there. I mean, he might as well have been doing a rosary while we were sitting there because he was just, I don't know, just like, you know. But one day, we're sitting all the way on the top. And they, you know, they do this altar call. And Chino's like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, God is doing something so big. We're not married. And I was pregnant with Mina. And so we go up there, and this guy is assigned to us. He stands there, and he starts praying over us. And he, and he starts praying over us, and all of a sudden he stops. And he looks at Chino. He says, wait a minute, are you guys married? And Chino says, no. And I'm like, and he says, do you know that that baby right there? She's illegitimate. And Chino, Chino's face is always red. His face was redder than that. Um, and we left. Anyways, eight months later, we were married. And the first words out of his mouth were, and I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. It wasn't, I love you so much. It wasn't, I'm so happy we got married. It's, wait till I go back to church and let that guy know. <laughs> and what's crazy about that is, um, we didn't understand that moment. We understand it now. But it pushed us to do the right thing. And after that, our baggage changed. One of the ways that it changed is that we always discussed the problem before it started. So I knew what I wanted in a relationship. He knew what he wanted in a relationship. And we sat down and we talked about it. Hey, you know, I don't like this. You don't like that. Let's not go there kind of thing. So... But our baggage became tools, and it was tools to build, build us up. It wasn't just baggage to bring us down. And I'd experienced baggage to bring us down. In my first marriage, you know, you let people in, you know, the, you let your, your spouse or whatever know what's in your vault, the secrets and all that. And when they use it against you, and they say, oh, yeah, you're just a this because they know that secret about you or whatever. So baggage can be destructive. But for us, it wasn't. For us, we used it as a tool. He knew cer certain things that affected me, so he wouldn't you know, kind of go there. He'd kind of build that up, and vice versa. So you know, that's a really good example of how baggage can be destructive and how baggage can build. Um, so we didn't feed off of each other's baggage. And that's something you have to be cautious about. So we kept our circle really small. 
We'd already experienced what we didn't want in a relationship. And then we turned our baggage into the very thing that helped us build this big thing, this deep thing, right? right? I'm going to read something to you that was said last week. And I just couldn't get out of my, out of my mind. I couldn't get it out of my heart. If you are the temple of God, do you believe that you might want to pay attention to the details of the temple you are? And I'm quoting Holy Spirit by the way of Steve Parker, right, AJ? By the way of. Because that was Holy Spirit talking to me. Why are we not attentive to the details of our temple? We need to be. Um, I'll give you a, a little Chino example really quick. But um, Chino has PTSD, but he also likes to watch war movies. <laughs> he also likes to play war video games. He loves the news. News is fun nowadays, right? Um, but if all of these things are not processed the right way, if he doesn't process these things, they're going to be negative for him. He's not going to be able to sleep. He's going to start thinking of those things that were once baggage and, are not, and can now be a tool for him to help other people. So what do we do with this baggage? First, we don't add to it, right? I said that before. We're going to be good, caper, good gatekeepers of our temple. Second, you know, you talked about transforming the mind and wrapping your mind around. We're, we need to wrap our mind around the intention of the things that we've been through. Not what we've been through, but the intention of what we've been through, right? The intention always supersedes how we feel about what we've been through. So what are we going to do with this thing called baggage? Are we going to continue calling it baggage? You know, are we going to change our mind and, and, and put it in a tool belt for somebody else to, to grab a tool? I'd like to believe. And, and, you know, every time I get up here, I share things because I feel like I need, I need to let people know that anybody who's up here is not above anybody. We're, we're a family. And the moment that I share intimate things with you, we can connect on a deeper level, right? So anyways, I would like to believe that, and I'm going to make a, a declaration of some of sorts. Um, I'd like to believe that I have a divorce. Un- I don't have a divorce under my belt just to act like I know everything about relationships. So I've been divorced. And now I have a good marriage. I'm not going to walk around just walk, you know, walking in this wonderful marriage. You know, oh, yeah, me and Chino, we have this great relationship. I've been through some things. You know? And sometimes there's a place for that to be revealed. I'd also like to believe that when I was a child, I got molested just so that I, so that I wouldn't let anybody near me. That wasn't the purpose. The purpose of me going through that And there's no excuse for that, and there's no room for that. But I went through it. I went through it. But it doesn't mean that the the purpose of that is so that I don't allow anybody in. That's not the purpose. We're not using what happened to us if we do that, right? I'd also like to believe 
that I haven't experienced death to wallow up in it. We all, we've all experienced death in some kind of form or fashion. It doesn't mean I've died. We need to appreciate life. We need to speak life. I'd also like to believe that I haven't experienced disappointment to walk around hopeless. No way. No way. That's not the purpose. I'm going to do something that as soon as I knew I was speaking, Holy Spirit showed me. And, you know, sometimes Holy Spirit shows some things, shows you some things, and you're like, oh, am I really going to do that? <laughs> but it's so right. It's, it's right. <laughs> um, Jeannie, I don't know. Yeah, you're here. Jeannie, the Father wants you to know that there is nothing, that there is absolutely nothing you've been through, that there is nothing you've done, there's nothing you've said, there's nothing that disqualifies you from having a temple that is fit for him. There's absolutely nothing. I thought that for a long time. I thought that for a really, really long time. Nothing. There is nothing. There's a place for you bigger. You can't even imagine. You can't even imagine. And I'm going to tell you, Jeannie, I never, I probably even pushed the idea away. I never thought I would be speaking to anybody. I never thought I would be letting them know what I've been through. But there is nothing. Remember that, nothing. And you need to grab a hold of that. There is nothing. And don't limit it. There is nothing that disqualifies you from being a temple fit for him. Because your temple is perfect for him. You've been through some things, and he's going to use every single thing. Because there is nothing. Nothing. There is nothing. Nothing. Hallelujah. When Holy Spirit showed me that, I said, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. But I knew it was right. I knew it was right. Um, none of that, that is baggage if we allow it to work as a tool for the kingdom. A temple fit for a king uses what religion sees as baggage and utilizes it to build others. That's what we're going to use it for now, right? Baggage is weighty. But if you identify it as a tool, it holds weight. Your baggage, once you see it as a tool, as a tool, it holds weight. It'll hold all the weight that you need it to hold. It's the reason we've been able to go out there before Jesus with simply the currency of heaven. That's it. That's all we need. Look at recyclables. Somebody went outside, they saw trash, and said, what? What are we going to do with that? Right? They reuse it. So um, I want to talk about a little bit uh, about what religion says about baggage or what religion does with baggage. And you kind of touched on it last week when you talked about um, your experience with it. But re um, religion says replace your bag or throw it away. But you really don't ever forget about it, right? Religion says, reorganize your bag 
Just take it out and make it fit better. Religion also says that as long as the bag looks good on the outside, we don't have to deal with the mess on the inside. Yep, that's what religion says about it. When we travel, right, when we go to the airport, I usually see luggage and I'm like, oh, they're going on vacation. But we don't really know what's in people's baggage. What if you see a mother and a son with their big baggage? What if that's the only thing that they have? What if that's the only thing that they're walking around with? The little bit of hope, that baggage, you know? Have you ever considered that in the airport there are restrictions on what we can travel with? can't take liquids, you can't take this, you can't take that. You know, the United States and other countries protect their borders by regulating and inspecting people's baggage because everything looks fine and dandy from the outside. Why aren't we doing that? When do we begin to use these very experiences as tools? Now. That's when now. Uh, I think I was pretty ashamed of my baggage back in the day. You know, religion judges, religion limits. I didn't think that some of the bad things I've been through could ever be redeemed. You know, I never thought that there would be a reconciliation like you saying today. Reconcile those things. Reconcile those things because there's fruit. There's fruit once you reconcile them. If the declaration, the throne of my heart is yours, and worship today was just so full, you know. Thank you, team. Um, if the declaration, the throne of my heart is yours, that we were singing earlier, nothing we go through goes to waste. You know. We, we also sang, I'm a sign and I'm a wonder. And I thought to myself, um, actually, I added that once we did practice today. I'm not a sign as like a poster board. I'm not a poster board for abuse, you know. And I'm, I'm just not, you know. Um, people don't wonder, oh, my gosh, look at her, you know. I wonder why she's going through what she's going through. You know, I don't want to be none of that. I'm a sign. I'm a real sign. I'm a sign of reconciliation. I'm a sign of healing. I'm a sign of hope. I'm a sign of grace. That's what I am. Oh, Genevieve, hello. We love you. Um, so yeah, so today, I just want you to just grab a hold of this thing, this thing that we once, because I, I believe that th this is it, right? That we once saw as a heavy thing, that we once saw as baggage, and that we're going to not strap it on our back so we can't stand straight but maybe put it right around our waist so that it's available when someone needs it, you know? Um, but Jeannie, there is nothing. And anybody else in here, if you think that there's something that disqualifies you from having that temple fit for a king, 
there is absolutely nothing. So what I want what I want Vanessa to do is I want her to pray over every person and every single one of us, no matter where you're at, no matter what your thoughts are, is she prays, we're going to put our hands on ourselves. We're going to let her minister to who we are, what's in us, what we've looked at incorrectly, what we've received that wasn't meant to be a burden, but was meant to build up, as she said, we're going to receive today. So put your hands on yourself, pray. Father, as I look at these people that I am joined to, at my family, right? I want us to know and I want us to believe the original song that you sang over us before the beginning of time. In intercession, Alex just brought this, this word of reminder. This was on Wednesday. And for, the, for those of you who are not going, you need to come. Because he reminded us of this song, the original song that was sung over us. And when I thought of a song, I thought of somebody being off key sometimes. And some missed notes and some missed words. And I referred to it when I was singing a song that AJ sang. And I forgot a word. And without that word, the song almost didn't make sense. Remember the original song. So say, I, I remember. remember. I, encounter. I encounter. I listen, I listen. To, the to the original song that, is, that was sung over me, over me. Before, the of time. before the beginning of time. Let us use all of those things that the Father allowed us to because we always want to refer to things that, that go wrong as the enemy. The Father allows us to go through those things. Let us use those very things not to well up in them, not to bottle up, not to ball up, none of that. But to bring life to someone who doesn't understand it yet. May we be life. May we be perspective. May, may we be the navigation that they need to go through those things that once were baggage and are indeed in truth tools. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Thank you, Vanessa. I have nothing to add to that. I can tell you today, if you've heard this word and you've heard it, now receive it. Receive it. Be changed by it. Rehearse it over and over. Speak of it over and over. Pull out those points that dug you deep, that dug into you, that spoke to you. Pull out those points. Rehearse them over and over. Amen? I bless you today. Thank you today. Thank you. Thank you.